everyone, and thanks for listening. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Clark Grant is in the studio. Today, our guests are Jessica Baldwin and Josh Tenyes of Cardsetter. Just a moment, they're going to tell us all about what the heck they are up to. They are actually located here in Montana. Um, just a moment, they will be with us. In the meantime, remember that you can email us at heartstockradio at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook where we post our upcoming programs and recordings of our previous shows. In just a moment, Josh and Jessica are going to be with us. This is Heartstock. Hi everyone, this is Heartstock Radio and I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Today our guests are with Cardsetter and they're a Montana-based company. And just a moment, they're going to tell us all about uh, what Cardsetter is and what they do there. We have Jessica Baldwin and Josh Tenyes. Hi Jessica and Josh, how are you? Hi, thanks for having us on. Yeah, hi, we're doing doing well. Mm-hmm. Where in Montana are you speaking with us from? I'm in Billings. Yeah, and I am in Missoula. Okay. I, I kind of thought that um, when I was looking at your profiles on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and also, I might, might add that there is on, an awful lot of good information about both of you and your companies there. Josh and Jessica, I don't know who would like to take this first question, but we need just a, a basic brief intro as to what Cardsetter is. Yeah, so um, Cardsetter is a website platform. Um, And we're uniquely focused on efficient content creation and organization. So your listeners have probably heard of Squarespace or or, uh, WordPress or Wix. And Cardsetter is an alternative to those platforms. Um, We worked really hard to make it easier to use and build in some content publishing and organization features that those other platforms just don't have. So this is similar to a platform such as uh, you mentioned, um, but Shopify or WordPress, for example? Yep. Yep. Fantastic. So, Josh, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that? No, Jessica's nailed it right on the head. We've been uh, we've been working on this for, gosh, four years now. Mm. So we, uh, we uh, are pretty good at describing it. <laughs> Yeah, on our, on our own. And, and Josh, give us a little background information for yourself, and then we'll go to Jessica also. Um, were you always from Billings? Did you grow up there? And um, I noticed that you're a, a programmer. So g- give us a little background here on yourself. Yeah, I, I grew up in, in Billings and graduated from West High. And as soon as I graduated, I got out of Dodge and joined the Navy. Uh, and I was in the Navy for eight years, most of that time in San Diego. And when I got out, I went to school for computer science and I uh, graduated from University of California, San Diego, and decided to move back, uh, move back home to Billings. 
And then when I got here, Jessica and I worked together uh, at a web development agency, which is where we uh, came up with the idea for Card Setter. And so we, that's a, it was about 2016 and we've been working on it ever since. How about yourself, Jessica? Are you, were you always from Missoula? Uh, no, I grew up in uh, Baker, Montana, which is way over in the southeast corner of the state. Um, went to college in Bozeman. After college, landed in Billings for about 15 years and then made the move to Missoula uh, just a little over a year ago. So were you always in web development or was your background a little different? Yeah, my background is more so in sales and marketing. And so in a lot of my roles uh, after college, I was in kind of this marketing role and was typically in charge of, you know, handling all things digital. So the website, e-newsletters, things like that. Um, And then a few years, well, about 11 years ago, I started a website called Billings365.com which was a website for events and things to do in Billings. Um, And kind of simultaneously with that, I joined a a web development company where Josh and I met each other. And, um, you know, I was going through a lot of uh, pain points in running Billings 365 on WordPress. And we were seeing our uh, clients at the web development agency going through similar problems in running their websites on WordPress. And so uh, we knew there had to be a a better way. And that's kind of how Card Setter came to be. Mm. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about those better ways. Um, you know, any, anybody and everybody these days is, is really scrambling if you don't have a website uh, to create one. And for those folks and um, all of us that <laughs> struggle, as you said, this is good news. Can you give us maybe um, a little historical story of where you started and, and where you're at right now with Card Setter. Yeah, I, Jessica, do you, did you want to talk about Billings 365 and kind of how, how that came about and launched yeah. Card Setter and then the little yeah, journey so, after that? So Billings 365 was a very content-heavy website. It has you know a comprehensive event calendar and we blogged about things to do around billings so places to hike great restaurants to go to all this great you know information of things to do in the billings area and um i just found wordpress to be very time consuming um i knew that in that particular business my time was best spent when i was growing my audience or working with my advertisers. Like that's when I saw the business grow is when, you know, I was making my audience happy or making my advertisers happy. So any minute that I spent fussing with my WordPress website was, you know, a major cost to the business because it wasn't, it wasn't a growth oriented activity. Um, And so I was kind of complaining to Josh really um, about how frustrated I was with this process about how restricted I felt with WordPress, that there were certain things, certain ways I wanted to organize my content. And I always had to like go to him as a developer to do these things for me. And I was just really frustrated with that whole process. I wanted to be able to do everything I needed to do uh, with my own website. And so we started brainstorming on what the ideal situation would be for Billings 365 and decided that, you know, other people could really use this technology as well. So we 
put our brains together and through a serendipitous misunderstanding, I guess, between each other, we kind of came together, came up with the base idea of what card setter should be. And we started working on it. And I think it was about nine months later when our first version launched and then Billions 365 moved over to our the first version of our platform right around that time, which would have been 2017. And since then, we've just been working on it. We've both been full-time for a couple of years now, and we've grown grown a lot. We have grown, I think, 400 and some percent just in 2020. So we're really on a good, a good trajectory, uh, but it took us, it took us some time to wrap our heads around the technical problems that we had to solve and the best ways to do that. And also the best ways to uh, serve our, our customers needs, because as anybody in business building a product knows that, you know, your small viewport into the particular problem that you're solving is only your sort of anecdotal perspective. And you have to, to talk to hundreds of customers and potential customers to really understand what the whole full breadth of the problem is and what the best way to solve it is. So originally you started out with, you know, clear intentions and I'm sure things changed over time. What were some of those things that came up that maybe caused a, a full pivot or, or maybe even a slight pivot? as you were developing the platform? What were some things that, that shifted as we were developing? Yeah. So I, yeah. Uh, you know, and, yes. and I'm always fascinated by this because you, your competitors, some of them have been out there for quite a while. So it's, in, it's really exciting that you've taken on this challenge to make something a lot better than what already exists. And I'm just wondering what you learned in the process of your process. I, I think... A couple of the big things that stand out to me, we've learned that our first version of Card Setter, we tried to be, there was some different, like, for example, the event system. Events were a central part of Card Setter. And we had some interesting, clever ways to better handle events. And a challenge was, uh, people's perceptions of how event calendars work. And I think we've had to readjust our expectations to bring, to be less clever, I guess. Jessica, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, be, to be less clever. And one thing that we've learned in the product space is that you have to, one of the limitations or, or constraints on product design is how people expect things to work. And products have to work the way that people expect them to work, even if there's some other way of solving the problem, maybe better. Now you have a, a new problem in, in the marketing space of you, you have to actually teach your potential customers. So the way that we were trying to solve this calendar event-based problem wasn't, it was too clever. And we had to bring ourselves kind of back to reality and, you know, give our customers a way to manage their websites, events, uh, in a way that was more traditional and closer to a to a event calendar that most of them were used to working with. Josh, Josh and I joke that, um, like, for other entrepreneurs, our advice is basically like, you're gonna be wrong, like on yes. just about everything, and putting something out that's wrong 
just helps you get to what is right. Um, and that's been true of like our assumptions around, you know, funding our company, marketing our product, building the product, um, pricing, pricing, everything, yeah, pretty much so everything. You just kind of have to be willing to put something out there and then iterate as you have more information. Mm-hmm. So what did you find out? I mean, since we're using this example, what did you find out and how, how did you discover it? Was it by users testing it or was it in the development process that you realized that you were wrong? <laughs> no, we usually discover that we're wrong after the development process. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, no, we, huh? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like in order to get enough feedback you know, you kind of have to put it out into the world and and get feedback. And so in our case, that's when we discovered that we had some work to do was after we after we put it out in, into the world and, and got real people using it and real people giving us feedback. Mm-hmm. That's not the that's not the case for all problems. You know, some problems we've we've dived. We didn't anticipate that particular problem being so difficult. Other ones that we have anticipated, we, we've done more testing and more surveying and, and more sort of data gathering uh, beforehand. And that sort of work up front does pay dividends and it gets you much closer to the mark before you push it out into the world. And that's the ideal, you know, the ideal scenario. Yes. So. Let's go ahead and take our midpoint break, and we're going to dive more deeply into the experiences of Jessica and Josh with Cardsetter. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy, and we shall be back after this quick little music break. Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Today we are speaking with Jessica Baldwin and Josh <laughs> Tenius. Um, oh, there we go. Is that pretty good, Josh? Tenius, you got it. Yep. I nailed it. You got it. <laughs> Just Jessica and Josh are the founders of Card Setter here in Montana. And um, we were just talking about their process, um, building something better, essentially. Let's talk about that a bit. You both had some frustrations, as, as have most of us, you know, trying to build our own websites and working with our own websites. Um, you, you mentioned that you were trying to improve events. What were some of the other big challenges that you took on to make your platform better than, say, WordPress or Shopify? Yeah, so um, Card Setter was born out of the need of being able to really organize your content however you want. Um, And we get asked all the time, why do you call, why is your product named Card Setter? And we have this unique uh, little feature where basically all of the content on your website can be represented by these cards. 
So you log on to a card setter website and you can see a collection of, of articles um, that the user has, has that the website owner is able to organize however they want. And so you can imagine like if you, if your content was represented by a stack of cards, you could organize those cards in any way that you wanted to. Um, and on card setter, it's very similar. You can just organize your content on the page, however you want to, it doesn't matter what the publish date was. It doesn't matter, um, what category you have it tagged with. And that's, a huge difference between card setter and the other platforms because on other platforms you're very stuck um, with an organization structure that's based on when the article was published how you have it tagged and with card setter it's more modular um, and so that's the really big difference that we have over other uh, over other website platforms and then it's just the ease in which we make that possible so when you edit your card setter website, you actually edit right on the web page itself instead of going between a back end and front end to see what your website's going to look like. So these are like really important things that make it faster to admin your website. A lot of other platforms are really built for more technical users to get the full effect of the platform. And we wanted to get rid of all of that and just make it easy for non-technical admins to have com complete control of their website. Mm -hmm. And do you have a, a mission statement for your company? You know, I don't think we have an official mission statement. <laughs> do you have an unofficial mission statement? <laughs> I think our mission is to really enable creators and small businesses to grow their online, pre online presence uh, without friction. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really, our, our goal is really to make it faster, easier, um, and affordable for people to grow their online audience and their online presence. And, you know, the world is moving so quickly online, especially this year. And it's really important that it's fast and easy to do. Yes. And, you know, that's definitely something that I was hoping we could talk about is COVID and how how you've seen that impact your company? What kind of adjustments have you had to make? Yeah, you know we've been in a in a good position because we before COVID started, we've been a remote company. I've been in Billings, and Jessica's been in Missoula. And even before that, we did a lot of our work remotely. So we're really comfortable uh, chatting back and forth or using uh, video chat platforms. But what it, so we haven't, that hasn't changed the way that we work day to day. It has changed a lot of how our, our customers work. But because of, because of COVID and how everybody's moving to these, to using Zoom and uh, Google Meet more, it's, almost made our, uh, the way that we work with our customers easier because they're more accustomed to just jumping on a Zoom call or jumping on a Google Meet or something like that. It's, it's lowered that technical barrier uh, to work with people who aren't used to uh, working with a company remotely. Have you gotten busier? I would imagine, I mean, that's what I've, I'm hearing and I'm seeing is that 
um, web developers are super busy now because folks realize they need a website. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. We've grown tremendously. We've grown a lot this year. Uh, awesome. We were growing really fast before COVID too. Uh, I think that we've you know, increased the incline of our growth trajectory a bit. Um, but since we we don't have, you know, 10 years of data to look back and or even five years of data to look back and and look at our growth, it's hard to say if we were growing faster because of because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have helped a lot of our customers in 2020 uh, adapt their companies to COVID. We've brought and uh, helped a lot of companies sell things online um, or transition like how they're how they're marketing or what they're saying about how what services they can offer um, while maybe their physical location is closed or something like that. So do you see part of what you do as business advisors as well as web developers? Uh, no, I definitely would not say that. <laughs> we 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 can offer. We like to offer options. Um, our perspective is our customers know their business much better than we do. But what we can do is offer options. So if somebody says this is what I'm trying to do, we might say these are three ways that you could do that. Here's the pros and cons of each of those. Um, and that's what we can help with, but we're definitely not in a position to be, you know, business advisors, but we can, you know, we have, have people that we could refer our customers to or something like that if they needed more help along those lines. Mm-hmm. So this is really, a, such a happy success story, um, that you guys get to share about your company and, um, you know, the fact that you're growing fast and you're timely, Let's talk about your award. Um, well, recognition, I guess, not not officially an award. Um, you were nominated as a startup to watch. Can you can you share that? That was a two, 2019 event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Montana High Tech Business Alliance um, named us the 2019 startup to watch. And, you know, we didn't... Uh, we didn't see that coming. We were really happy to to get that recognition. And I think it's because when we started Card Setter in 2016, the ecosystem, the startup ecosystem in Montana was not as vibrant as it is today. There's a lot more startups um, that are you know, kind of coming out of the woodworks. I'm, there was plenty before 2016, but they weren't networking with one another as much or talking to one another as much. And there was there wasn't as many resources available to uh, entrepreneurs who were thinking about starting a company as there is today. And one of our really early uh, decisions was to be as involved as possible and to take any opportunity that we could to be involved in the startup ecosystem in Montana. Uh, and we've been doing that uh, you know, solidly since we started. And I think that that recognition was, came out of that involvement of wanting to be there and wanting to be present for any sort of startup 
event or startup networking event or startup talk or anything like that. And what did you experience once you received this recognition? Um, I would imagine that also helped with your growth. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I feel like we were, again, kind of like 2020 COVID, we were already on a good growth trajectory. And so it's hard to say if that bumped our growth or, or not. Hmm. Um, but it it definitely helped us in the world of investors and, and being more well-known and having something, you know, behind the company other than just mm-hmm. us and what we are, what we were talking about. We also have this other organization that's talking about us now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got uh, maybe about four minutes left. Um, maybe you could share with us um, some of your experiences with funding challenges. How did you find funding? Um, you mentioned investors. So I think that's a, that's a good topic that, all of us in startup world are always um, challenged with. Yeah, investment is is challenging for everybody. I think it's more challenging than people give it credit. Um, <laughs> it's underestimated. You know, we, we have a we have a small group of involved um, investors behind us, and we have not raised for for quite a while, so. And we like to operate lean. We're very, we're not out, you know, knocking on doors in Silicon Valley. We're a lean, a lean company that tries to be really capital efficient. And, and that's, that's our goal. So we've had, you know, limited uh, fundraising experience, I guess you could say, but it has been more challenging than, than we anticipated. But I think if you talk to any entrepreneur, they would tell you the same thing about funding. Yeah. The other thing, um, we kind of headed down that path because uh, early stage Montana did some uh, pitch competitions, regional pitch competitions, um, and they were partnered with Big Sky Economic Development and Billings at the time to do those. Um, And that's how we kind of got introduced. We weren't, when we started Card Setter, we weren't necessarily hadn't decided definitively that we were going to go seek investment, but we got invited to this pitch competition and kind of got going down that path um, in that way. And so I feel, um, you know, now we're a lot more knowledgeable about what investment entails. Um, But if I were to give advice to anybody who's thinking about, you know, finding investors, I think step one is getting yourself super educated on the process and what's entailed and what that really means to take investment. Um, I think that that would be like a really key uh, step before, you know, having even one meeting with an investor. Yeah. It's the uh, other key step is. Go ahead, Josh. The other key, the other key step is traction, 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 traction. There, there's this, you know, idea that you could come up with a great idea and go pitch it to investors and get investment and then build the company. But that's very seldom how it actually works. It's all about, can you prove your idea? Can you get traction? And then that's when you'll find those investors. Yes. They love to see that you have customers. That's important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So we've got about a minute left here. How might folks find you guys if they're interested in learning more? Yeah, um, we're online everywhere. So you can uh, visit our website, cardsetter.com, and our email addresses are there. Um, we also have a phone number if you want to call us. Um, happy to talk to you know fellow startups or people interested in um, doing something different with their website. We're on all the social channels and you know LinkedIn as well. So you can find us by searching Card Setter on any of those platforms. Mm-hmm. So if we just type in Card Setter, you guys pop up on Google? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. The benefit <laughs> of having a weird name. <laughs> yes, in hindsight, um, I figured that out. It's, uh, it is, the, the name is very important. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much, you guys, Jessica and Josh, for being on Heartstock and sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you for having us. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and good luck to you guys. I'm really excited for 2021. It's, it's got <laughs> to be better, too. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. This is Heartstock Radio. We'll be back next week. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. Peace. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. As I went walking, I saw a sign there, and on the sign it said, No trespassing, but on